This message comes from NPR sponsor Hulu. Based on shocking true events, the new Hulu original series, Under the Bridge, tells the story of a savage murder in a small town. Starring Riley Keough and Lily Gladstone, Under the Bridge is now streaming with new episodes Wednesdays only on Hulu. Just a note, this episode has descriptions of gun violence and death that may be difficult for some listeners. You're listening to Code Switch. I'm Lori Lizarraga. In May of 2022, in one of the most densely black neighborhoods in Buffalo, New York, a white man wearing body armor and camouflage stormed into a top supermarket armed with an assault weapon and opened fire. 13 people were shot, 10 of them killed. Almost all of the victims were black. It was one of the deadliest racist massacres in American history at a grocery store right in the center of the community. And when you think about the place where this happened, you might not consider the impact this had on all the other people, the neighbors that surrounded it, like the congregation at the Baptist church or the cheerleaders at the gym down the street. When this incident happened, it was in the news for like a month or two, but we're still living in it. That's Nakaya McCann. She's a 19-year-old cheerleader from Buffalo All-Star Extreme an all-black cheer squad that practiced three blocks from that supermarket. And today, we're bringing you their story in the first episode of Buffalo Extreme, a new miniseries from our friends at NPR's Embedded Podcast. This is the story about how one person's action has a ripple effect, whether it was two weeks ago or a year ago. We're still trying to understand, are we safe? In the series, the mics are handed over to the young women of the Buffalo Cheer Squad to tell their own story in the year after that mass shooting. Now, here's your host, Nakaya McCann. My cheer journey started very early. I wasn't as tall then. Just two little pigtails, two puff balls. I had like the biggest knockers in my hair. They're like little balls that you loop around your hair. Like, it was yellow and it had smiley faces on them. Those were my go-to knockers. I cheered for a little rec team, which is basic skills like a roll and potentially a cartwheel. But I just wanted to tumble and, like, jump around and have, you know, fun with other girls until I slowly started getting into it more seriously. I didn't know nothing about the chair world at all. So my mom started researching gyms that we could go to that were affordable and that's why we found this small gym on the east side wasn't even a gym honestly it was like an after school program where kids like do their homework you could tell it was kids in there because like the walls were dirty you know if you have cousins and they like smear their hands on the wall that's exactly what it looked like Despite all of that, there was still an All-Star team there. It was called Buffalo All-Star Extreme, but for short, we call it base. I remember, like, walking in, and the door was so heavy, it, like, immediately slammed. And, like, a random woman with red lipstick, short haircut, like, mohawk haircut. She was like, oh, my God. Jump five, grab seven. She was directing kids around. One, squeeze, 
and she had on these red hoop earrings and they were like bedazzled too with a bedazzled bow. I'm like, this lady just bedazzled all the way down. I was a tall, lanky girl, didn't know anything, feeling like, do I really belong here? <laughs> or should I just go? Your attitude gotta go, sus. It's gotta go. Y'all wanna win? That lady became my coach. Do you remember, like, when I first came to base? You? Yeah. Yeah, like our first season. So what do you remember? That like, you didn't have, you had a big head. <laughs> <laughs> a little bitty body and a big head. Her name is Ayana Williams Gaines, also known as Coach Yanni, but I call her Auntie Yanni. The reason why I do ace today is because of y'all. Yeah. My beautiful brown kids, like that's what it is. Like I feel like, you know, those are my kids. Let's welcome Buffalo All-Star Extreme Superheroes for small youth level two. I was one of Coach Yanni's first brown girls. But now she has hundreds of brown girls just like me to cater to. If you don't know what, you know, competitive or all-star cheer is, it is not girls cheering on the sidelines. It's actually a team full of girls that cheer for themselves and compete against teams all over. When you're at a cheer competition, you see them like, flipping and their legs are up in the air. You'll also see girls doing a pyramid. Think of like smushing every person on the team together to make one big cheerleader. Come on, guys. It kind of feels like a, a roller coaster, but instead you're not moving. You're watching everybody else move. When you're a cheerleader, you always have to have that fierce look. You always have to have that fierce attitude. You know, you never want to show any sign of weakness. You need confidence in yourself, but it really comes from your team. In case you haven't put the puzzle pieces together, we are not typical in the chair world at all. We get stares, we get looks, we get, you know, smart remarks. Oh, here comes the black girls. Like, mm-hmm. uh-huh. The black like, gym. Yeah. I hated that. And like they would say on our score sheet, like, our moves were, were like too over the top. Sexual. We're just dancing we were like the way we dance. Too much hips and too much face. And all star chair world is pretty much like it's a white girl world. So they're Something used to seeing yeah. stick figures. We're not going to move the same. Yeah. There was competitions where we heard people say black girls should not be on the mat. And then you know, like with us, all of us being black girls, our confidence started going down because of that. Like I was, my confidence I crazy. as like a cheerleader and like a person, I was like. Bro, I don't not want to. You don't want to be here. I don't want to be here, one. And it was like, I don't want to be a black girl. Even with the head turns and the, the remarks from adults and judges and kids, my coaches and our parents made sure that we felt welcome. We heard it so much that I became a shield. Like, I'm not about to let... Y'all go out there without me. You made us believe that small black girls, oh. like, just us. Yeah. Like, you make us feel like top tier. Y'all are make so us dope. Feel so top tier. We were always safe. Whether we were safe because our cheer coaches were protecting us or our moms were protecting us, we knew that at the end of the day, we were safe from anything. Until. Until. 
a year ago. A year ago, a white man came to our community and shot our people. Our gym is three blocks away. I was scared. Like, I can't protect you. Not only did we lose our people, but we lost a lot of other things as well. To understand what we lost, you have to know about my little children on the east side of Buffalo. What do you think about this whole recording thing? Is this like weird? I'm still nervous about all of this stuff. It's your first time. I am Nakaya McCann, an OG of Buffalo All-Star Extreme. And this is our story. Yeah, let's go. So now we're going into base. I wonder if my auntie here. Okay, so hi, I'm Nakaya. Hi, guys. I am in college now. Hi, Auntie Yanni. You know, my time on the mat is done. I do my share with these babies. I call them my babies. I'm trying to tell you if I see flex feet next competition, because you always have your feet flexed. Ever since you was little, like ever since you first started cheering. Base started at a tiny rec center and has now expanded to a huge gym with over 10 cheer teams. Where's those cheer shoes? The kids definitely range from about like four all the way up until senior year. Coach Yanni calls me Sunshine. Auntie Yanni now coaches the youth team. My nickname is KK. My cheer name? Susie. Cupcake. My other nickname is Mike's daughter because my dad's name is Mike. Five, six, seven, move one, three. I said don't bend. Go You're going to hear a lot of voices throughout this. You know that was you, Mike's daughter. But there's a couple people I want you to remember. Keep your shoulders up. Like Milani. Hi, I'm Milani. Everybody calls me Lani. AKA Hamster. My nickname for the day is still Hamster because all I did was roll. Everybody else had a cartwheel, a round off me. I was like, I'm not doing that, Kochani. I'm doing a roll. She also has the pleasure of having my mom as her coach. You're also going to hear Nysera. This is Nysera. The one that says, hi, guys. Hi, guys. Milani and Nysera even did their own recording. Hello. Hi. This is Lani. These girls have their own cheer pictures, their trophies, their medals. So, welcome to my presentation. I have my first medal. It is white and blue, and it says the one. Nysera is 11 now. These are the ones that I got for standing out, like myself so i got the win hurry up lakeisha is nicer than cupcake's mom y'all running late yes you are lakeisha is always at every competition for the elite cheerleaders i don't know what the new team name is this year and she makes sure yeah. that our videos are My videos. perfectly recorded <laughs> this is how they looked at the end as you see, it's full of energy, a lot of smiles, a lot of jumps, and there's her uniform. A dazzling blue skirt with red stripes along the side with rhinestones, shimmer. Put your hair back in the point, so let's go. A roll of a base chair, Mom. Put your jackets on, ladies. I've seen them literally not only take care of their kids and their teams, but they also provide that stability for the other kids. Where's everybody's lipstick? Where's everybody's uniform? You know, I have enough snacks, so 
But I, let me just say, my life hands. revolves around y'all, but there has got to be some time for me. Like, I couldn't even have five minutes in the bathroom to myself. One weekend, we in New Jersey. The following weekend, we in PA. The following so our cheer moms are definitely, they're definitely like the stem. And the cheerleaders, to me, are the flower. Don't complain. Leave it on the floor. Not to leave it on the floor. A year ago, we were getting ready for our new cheer season. And May 14th, that was the registration day. It's a whole day dedicated to the cheerleaders to find out what team that they're going to be placed on, meet their coaches. And Yanni always makes it interesting, like pop balloons to find out what team they're on. So it was definitely set up to be a good energy filled day with, you know, smiles, laughter, you know, talking and laughing with coaches and old veterans. But that day slowly flipped upside down. Yeah. I had just came back from college, and that morning, my granddad called my mom and asked if, on the way to base, can we stop at Tops and get him a watermelon? Hey, could you go to the Tops on Jefferson and get me a watermelon? My mom remembers every detail about that day. Like For some reason, they get like the best watermelon. So, so I was like, yeah, I'll get it. We'll go to base and then get the watermelon. And then, like, never mind. I said, we'll go to Tops first. Usually, I will go down, like, Fillmore and cut up Utica to go to Tops, and I passed it. So I'm like, Mom, we're going to Tops. Like, why are you missing your turn? So, like, I ended up going down Delavan to Jefferson, and I missed Jefferson, and I said, what the heck? She basically, like, goes around, and she missed it again. So I'm like, now you're missing the turn twice. So then I turned down Main Street, and I cut up Mastin, and then I was just gonna cut over to go to Tops. And as soon as like we got there, it was this like mayhem. You can hear like people in a parking lot screaming, and I was like, "What is going on?" So I'm like, "Whatever happened, we'll just have to go later." So then I I passed Tops to go to base, and as soon as we pulled up at base, um. Another coach came out and like had tears, and she was like, there was a mass shooting at Tops. That's how we found out. Kaya looked at me, and she was like, we were supposed to be there. I would have been in Tops, and she would have been in the car. If I would have died in there, like she would have been alone, like in this car, like by herself. For the first time, like, I felt like somebody just, like, squeezed my heart and was just, like, it was a shock. When it first happened, we definitely did feel like, okay, we could be potentially targets, so let's lock the gym door and make sure that everybody was inside that chair gym. We did lock the doors because we didn't know what was happening, and you can hear, like, just sirens from every direction. We had the big windows and, like, just looking out. I think I've seen every police car that the city of Buffalo ever had. And it's like, you know, as adults, we're, like, trying to calm these kids down. Like, no, like, you know, something happened. We don't really know, but we're all fine. We're all safe. But in the back of our minds, knowing, like, are we safe? 
I was stone cold speechless. Like we're two and a half blocks away, three blocks away. Like, what am I supposed to do? I could say that that was the first time I ever saw Auntie Yanni not know what to do. I was literally like, God, I cannot protect these kids. I went home that night and I didn't even want to touch my phone, honestly. It seemed like everywhere I turned, my phone was flooded with what happened. And I couldn't sleep. Like, nothing made sense. But I do remember, like, texting my mom and asking her, like, hey, are you up? It was about 2 o'clock in the morning. And she was like, wow, like, I never thought that this would happen. I think after the Tops incident is when she really started to put two and two together, how segregated the city of Buffalo really is. It is segregated. And she was like, and how segregated is that that he would know to go to that Tops? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, I just keep thinking about, do you think something like this will happen again? Do you think that, like, what about, like, base? Like, she was like, that's a predominantly black cheer and dance company. She was like, what about that? Like, is it safe? I mean, she was crying, and I was just like, you know, I don't know. I wish I knew. I wish I knew in that moment to say, like, oh, you know, it was just this and everything's going to be okay. And then, like, you know, we'll have a vigil and we'll volunteer down there and we'll feel 100% better. And that's not reality. This message comes from NPR sponsor Discover. Here's a familiar situation. You have a question about your credit card. You call the number for help and can't get a hold of anyone. If only you had a Discover card. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. A real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This message comes from NPR sponsor Hulu. Dive into the chilling new Hulu original series, Under the Bridge, the riveting adaptation of the acclaimed true crime book. Based on shocking true events, Under the Bridge tells the haunting story of a murder that lays bare a small community's darkest secrets. Go deep into the hidden world of the town's tormented teenagers as detectives race to solve the sinister crime. Starring Riley Keough and Lily Gladstone, Under the Bridge is now streaming with new episodes Wednesdays, only on Hulu. You're listening to Code Switch, the show about race and identity from NPR. I'm Lori Lizarraga. Here is your host for this episode, Nikaya McCann. Coach Yanni, um, it, it takes her a long time to come to terms with a lot of things emotionally. So I feel in this time when the Tops massacre happened, it really, it really took her a long time to come to terms with it. I'm like seeing the tears from other people, and I'm like, oh, wow. And I still didn't get it. I don't even know how I got home. Auntie Yanni lives in the suburbs. Nicer houses. You could play in the backyard, the front yard. She's also one of the only black families in her neighborhood. I've never been uncomfortable, ever, ever, in 20 years I've lived in the suburbs. But that day, 
I remember me and my fiance saying we have to go to the store and everything made me jump. Every white person made me jump. Anybody in fatigue made me jump. And I'm like, I'm not okay. She didn't realize how big of an impact it would have on her emotions and then also the emotions of the coaches, emotions of parents. Why are so many of my kids affected? Duh, Ayana, your gym is one for 209. He did his research on the entire zip code, and we are a part of that. Everyone in that community is who I served, and that was their tops, that was their grandparents, that was their cousins. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. I, I don't know why it took me so long to get it. People had to sit at funerals and watch people get buried into the ground. Nicera lost one of her great aunts. I did not want to go to the funeral. I did not want to go. Like, I didn't think I really wanted to see her body inside of a casket. I didn't have to go through that. My mom didn't want me to go through that. So she didn't, she didn't take me to the funeral because I told her I was scared. That's been the priority for the last year is just making my children feel safe. I struggle, you know, getting out the house for a minute. I struggle with a little bit of depression, but it was only because I was thinking about it. And in actuality, I wasn't the victim. It was like, you got to move on. You got to, you just got to be better and, and hope that this doesn't happen again. I think the hardest part of of being a chair mom and a base mom and just a mom in general was knowing that they couldn't protect us, you know, their daughters. They couldn't do anything to stop what was going on. And I'm not trying to show no weakness because I'm a mom and, you know, we got feelings and you don't want your kids to see you at your weakest moment. And that day, kind of like I said, it, 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 it just, it took a lot. It took a lot. I still, um, I still try to remain strong. I never want my kids to see me cry. I'm sorry. Even if you feel like you weren't close to it or you, you weren't there, you didn't lose anybody, Kid-wise, I feel like we all have something that we lost in common. We know the world is not lollipops and gumdrops. In our city, we know it's not. But the lollipops and gumdrops that we did have came crashing down that day. I've never been somewhere where, like, people are literally racist. Like, they go and say, I don't like you. I'm going to shoot you because you're black. A week after the massacre, I asked Antiani if I can do like some type of prayer circle or even just a sit-down circle with, with some of the girls. And I was just like, if we can get them in the gym, sure. We didn't think anybody would come back to the gym because, you know, how close we were. I just put it in the Facebook group that I'm about to have a circle if anybody wants to come and talk. It, it's not mandatory, but I want you guys to know that Somebody is here. 
You could say one word and leave. You could get a hug and leave. It, it just come. So she got him in the gym. You felt the the elephant in the room before it was even in the room, like before it even walked in. I just started with an icebreaker, which was give me two or three words on how you're feeling right now. Someone said upset. I said angry. Someone said sad. We just went around. Somebody said their mom had to go fill up the gas pump and they was crying because anybody could just pull up to a gas station and just... Then I asked them to like go deeper with me. We started to talk and Nakaya, she asked us what happened. I ended up asking like a nine-year-old, do you know what's going on? And, uh, and she gave me the most blunt answer, which was, yeah, I know what's going on. A white man came and shot my people. I mostly talked half of the time because I had a lot of feelings. Christina is also a vet, even though she is younger. She's, she still has been with basically the same amount of time that I have, but she's always been quiet. When we had the circle, how did that make you feel? I feel like, yes, somebody's finally talked to us. That shows us, yes, we will be fine. We will be okay. We are family here at base. I like the answer. I, I really do. Most of Chrissy's questions were um, questions at the time that I couldn't answer. Like, why us? Like, why here? I was telling her, like, he wanted to kill as many black people as he could. And she just was just like, I don't, I still don't understand. Why don't they see what we see, which is a normal person? And has been rough since then. I'm scared to go to school. Now schools are getting threats like, oh, yeah, I'm coming up tomorrow and I'm doing this, this, and this. It was thousands of, of cubs last year at our school. I was like, Mom, pick me up. I'm so scared. I don't want to walk in. She's like, sweetie, try not to think about it. Just have a regular day. I said, Mom, regular day. What's a regular day for us? Be somebody already blew up tops. They didn't directly express that they were afraid of being there, but they did say, like, you know, we're so close. You know, I didn't want him to come here. It's only two blocks down from where it happened. That's the glass. You can see the trophies. You can see the locker. You can see who goes up to their locker. These tall windows, no tent, so you can see directly through. You can see almost kind of everything. I don't think those windows were bulletproof. I don't think they were. And from the back, you could just come in and just start shooting. Anyone could die. It could be a snap and you're dead. We had the Main Street gym for about six good years until May 14th. 2022. Mm -mm. That was it. I didn't want to be there. I even had to have people go get the stuff. Like, you have to move everything and put it in storage. I'm not going. I don't want to go. Like, okay. You made that split decision like, no, up and move. And my mom was like, yeah, like, this is really happening. And I'm like, we get a new gym? She's like, yeah, we have to get a new gym. Auntie Yanni knew a warehouse that we could turn into our new home. 
I was like, there's no way we can afford it. We charge 50% less than what everyone else charges. Actually, more than 50% less. There's no way we can afford it. She went ahead and signed the lease anyway. But you can't just pick up a gym and open a new one in a week. It was a huge warehouse. Like Everything had to be renovated and knocked out, and the gym was not ready for us to move in. So we had to go back to square one, which was the rec center where base started. We were in a community center. Again, like, really? And I felt so bad. Like, every day I was just like, I, I got to get them out of here. Like, how do we prepare all-star elite teams on a hardwood floor with two mats? I'm like, we need a home. Like, we got to go. The gym just wasn't ready. We couldn't get into it, so. No, 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 no. After you've built something so powerful, just to go back to square one, I feel like we feel defeated. We let somebody win. I, I felt like, you know what? Somebody took something from me. I bust my ass for so long to give them this, and you took it from me. Well, it wasn't taken. I just felt like it was taken. Literally, they, he, it, whatever, took the feeling of being safe away. I went back to school in September. I was getting the cause of the gym wasn't ready. And you know the girls still don't have choreography, right? Then it's, you know, October again. The gym's still not open. At that point, I was like, should I fly home or something? Like, what should I do? Because y'all acting like we don't have a season. Then I'm asking my mom, like, you know, how's everybody with the mass shooting? How was everybody feeling with that? She was just like, I don't know. Like, nobody showed up today. Sometimes in our minds, we for, not, not forgot, but it's just like, okay, like it's practice. Like, let's go, let's go, let's go. We're just expecting them to pick up and move on. And it's like, they're hurting. Like, okay, wow. One of our dancers was at the shooting. If she hears a certain sound, like a loud boom, like if the door shuts, like they were in dance and the door like slam, boom, and she just screamed and no one else knew why. Of course, I'm looking at her like I know why. Can you imagine? Interior talk to, no matter what happens behind, in front of you, you must smile at all times. And you must keep that preppy look of being happy and, and that high smile and the high eyes and, you know, might get a tongue stuck out or whatever. But you can't go out and put on a show if you're not confident in your mind you can't act happy if you're not I told my mom when they go on that stage pray over them as their mental matters pray over their well-being so what you're looking at now is a bunch of cardboard nails screws after five long months of not having a gym at the very end of October, we finally were getting ready for our grand opening. We're calling it Big Base. But the night before, Antiani was still scrambling around. Oh, we got a lot to do. Okay. Nothing was ready. Let me start working. Yanni and Daryl, with a couple other chair moms, they were running around. Oh. Trophies. I don't know where we're going to put them. We just got to put them somewhere. Get stuff hung up. I want to get rid of trophies. Get stuff set up. Um, no, we're going to be here all night. <laughs> That's definitely my aunt. 
she'll be like, oh, like I have a brush in the car. Let me just go brush my hair up real quick because I've been here all night. No, honey, that that low, that right there has to go up over there. Even though nothing was ready, Auntie Yanni was determined to get the gym open. What is this? Oh my God. <laughs> There's no instructions. Maybe I have it upside down probably. Oh boy, I just got depressed. <laughs> I think I just got nervous. Hi. This is Lonnie, a.k.a. Hamster. And sometimes, yeah, it's hard. And yeah, you want to give up. And yeah, you want to quit. And yeah, you want to scream. And yeah, you want to holler. And yeah, you we might have had a rough start. But we're getting stronger and stronger each and every practice. Okay, hi guys. It's been a long time since we talked. So right now, well, I'm going to do my homework. And I'm going to do this podcast and then the exciting base opening um cut the ribbon with the big scissors and everything and the pizzazz and we're gonna have a new gym it's gonna be all worth it so basically um i'm gonna get ready and you guys are gonna get ready with me mom do i have to wear jeans This episode of Buffalo Extreme was reported by Mary Ann McCune with Nakaya McCann. It was produced by Mary Ann McCune and Dan Germa with help from Abby Wendell and Nick Nevis. It was edited by Verilyn Williams and Katie Simon. Josh Newell mixed the episode. The episode featured music projects, Jarrell Lanos, aka Pro Social, and Steven Vitiello and Superheroes by Mike Vandermouse, Cheer Mixalot, and more. To listen to parts two and three of Buffalo Extreme, go to NPR's Embedded, wherever you get your podcasts. This episode was produced for Code Switch by Courtney Stein and edited by Dahlia Mortada. Our engineer was Maggie Luthar. I'm Lori Lizarraga. Call your brother. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Viore, a new perspective on performance apparel. Clothing designed with premium fabrics, built to move in, styled for life. For 20% off your first purchase, go to viore.com slash NPR. Support for NPR and the following message come from Rosetta Stone, the perfect app to achieve your language learning goals no matter how busy your schedule gets. It's designed to maximize study time with immersive 10-minute lessons and audio practice for your commute. Plus, tailor your learning plan for specific objectives like travel. Get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off and unlimited access to 25 language courses. Learn more at rosettastone.com NPR. In this country, some truths aren't self-evident. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as wide-ranging and real as the people who tell them, we celebrate the Black experience for all its soul and richness. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get podcasts.